There have been so many amazing doctors, nurses, and other professions canceled during the COVID pandemic, so-called pandemic. And a lot of it has revolved around them carrying out their jobs to the best of their ability, to their expertise, and yet that expertise being questioned not even by medical professionals, people outside the profession often who are suggesting they do things that actually go against not only their own conscience, but also against their medical knowledge. We're with Dr. Mary O'Connor today, who is just one of those. She was taken up by the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario for daring to provide medical exemptions to the so-called vaccines to her patients. And they actually stripped her of her medical license on the evening of December 23rd. What a Merry Christmas. Anyway, this is the John Henry Weston Show. Stay tuned. Dr. Mary O'Connor, thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me, John Henry. It's a pleasure. Let's begin, as we always do, with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dr. Connor, um, what a thing. You are a physician and have been treating patients to the best of your ability. You're also a, a, a Catholic who has you know, tried to live your faith, and here you are canceled. I guess now you're among... Uh, you know, a certain class of, of people who are cancelled. Tell us a little bit about your story. Where did this all come from? How did you get you where you are today? I've been a GP and uh, for almost 50 years now. And um, I was originally just doing general practice. And then I switched into mental health and substance use disorders. And then, so I've seen a lot of people with mental health. And then my practice just got flooded in the late uh, summer, early uh, fall, just with people requesting exemptions um, after the vaccine rollout. So these people um, were really distressed because they did not want to be injected with this experimental inoculation. They, um, some of them were already had illnesses that would have prevented an, such a, um, any such kind of medication being given. Some were um, allergic to vaccines. They had many reasons not to have this um, inoculation. So I got the calls and we started writing, I started writing exemptions. Um, at the beginning, some of the exemptions actually were um, accepted because I could outline the serious medical conditions that these people had. But little by little, the uh, college tightened the noose uh, as far as the validity of exemptions. And at the end, there was only two or three reasons that you could give a, quote, a valid exemption. It even sounds strange to me to have to write an exemption to prevent an illegal activity being prevented, being perpetrated against my patient. The patients I saw were desperate. They, a lot of them had thought, you know, their families thought they were crazy. They'd been isolated, forbidden to visit people in hospitals. But mostly they were being um, threatened with job loss. Uh, so started to write exemptions and then I guess the college learned of this in um, September and I received my first letter from them on September uh, October the 8th um, saying that it had come to their um, knowledge that I was writing exemptions 
They thought it was harmful to my patients and actually to the society at large because I was putting people at risk. Um, so I was ordered um, at that point to give them a list of all the patients I'd written exemptions for as well as those patients' charts. And wow. um, I had a, the help of a, a fantastic lawyer from the beginning. So we, um, he helped me sort of sort through this because there was, I was not going to surrender my patient's charts to uh, the college. Yeah. There's all sorts of things about patient confidentiality that are supposed to be there. Yeah, so these people, first of all, they had the right, they have the human right to make a choice about our medical decisions. And also they have their privacy rights to be protected. So the college set up an investigative team to um, come to track me and to try and get my uh, charts from me. Um, they were, I was ordered on November 4th not to write any, anymore and to post a sign saying that I could not write anymore. Although I didn't know about that until November 24th. On December 8th, um, four investigators did come into my office. I wasn't there that particular day, but I had a friend who was standing guard for me on the days that I was working because now we had to um, have patients text us from the parking lot, lock the doors and unlock and lock the doors when they came to the office. So he was there that day uh, on his own, so he left the door open. And within 10 minutes, four people had sort of rushed up the stairs and literally entrapped him and were pretty aggressive for about 20 minutes um, questioning him about my whereabouts in the church, et cetera. So that was a pretty traumatizing event for him. You've taken on this legally, which uh, God bless you. A lot, of, a lot of people don't. A lot of people are, you know, letting this go, taking one on the chin, doing early retirement and all sorts of things that they're doing for very good reason often. Um, but you've chosen to fight. And um, I want, you know, LifeSite viewers to know that uh, we've set up a life funder where it's a crowdfunding uh, platform that we set up where we could uh, donate to great causes. And Dr. Mary Connors fight is one of those causes. So please go to lifefunder.com so that you'd be able to support Dr. O'Connor's legal challenge here. Tell us about that. I thought uh, your lawyers are making some very interesting arguments uh, as to... Um, what the college is asking for and what your response has been. Well, you mean the lawyer's arguments about defining COVID and listing the ingredients. Exactly. Which yeah. is not totally unknown. We don't know the ingredients of these injections. Right. Um, and, and that was one of your requests to the College of Physicians and Surgeons. I, I thought that was very interesting because here they are mand basically mandating you to give shots and not allow for exemptions for your patients. But at the same time, you... you you return to them and you say, okay, what's in the shots? Mm -hmm. And they're not telling you or they can't tell you. And uh, the people, my patients, I have, I certainly have lots of patients who have also, who have been vaccinated. And when I, and they're still my patients, we're still <laughs> on board with each other. Um, but when I asked them, were any of them given informed consent? Like nobody was told of an experiment. Uh, they weren't told of the risks. They weren't, they weren't told anything. Uh, other than just mm -hmm. what they heard on the news that it was safe and effective. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And legally, as a physician, are you able to, uh, and by the code of ethics for doctors, are you able to give such an injection where you yourself, as a physician, 
don't actually know the actual ingredients. Um, it is experimental, but also you're not telling your patient what it is, partially because you don't know yourself, but also because you're just being told and in a way forced to do this. What's the legality of doing that yourself as a, as a physician? And what does it mean in terms of medical ethics? So, I mean, it's totally against the Nuremberg Code to give to force experimental medicine on people uh, without their full consent of them being in the experiment and realizing that they're in the experiment. So there's just no way that I could ever do that. Mm -hmm. And how do you think all of your colleagues, not all, but a, a such a large portion of your colleagues, despite the Nuremberg Code, despite the all the codes of medical medical ethics that they have to sign on to when they become physicians, they're just going along with the program here. When they themselves know, they don't know the ingredients, actually, nor can they tell their patients of the safety or even efficacy of the, of the so-called vaccines themselves. So I, I, I have great sorrow for it. Some of them believe that believe the lies that are going on others some of my patients have told me that their doctor told them yes they should have an exemption but they wouldn't do it for them because they, they are afraid of losing their license i mean i'm i've been around for a long time i mean i may come to my retirement <laughs> so, um, but a lot of uh, physicians were just starting out so people really i think were afraid of losing their licenses yeah. So what has this done to the medical profession among your colleagues that you've seen? Or is there now this sense of fear or, or and what has it done to enter, uh, you know, to relationships between both doctors and other doctors and, and doctors and their patients? When the news started to come, uh, uh, come out, um, I had I had so many calls of support, some from other physicians who I didn't know, but told me that they supported me. Um, among my colleagues that I've known over the years, um, we're just on a different page. Uh, we're not, yes, they, they're going along with the, the mandates. Mm -hmm. So saying there's a big disruption in the medical profession right now. Yeah. So here's here's one of the things. I mean, you you're dealing with a a, div, a very fundamental division inside the ranks of the medical profession. You have some doctors believing they should go ahead with this full force, but at the same time, the facts of the matter are that none of them actually know what's in the vaccines per se. So how are they getting around that specifically? Uh, when it comes to their patients and, and giving their patients informed consent. Yeah, I honestly, I honestly don't know. I mean, I haven't spoken to these these people. The few that I've spoken just say they don't agree with me. That's hmm. that's where we left it. Yeah, yeah. What would be your message to physicians, particularly young physicians, because this is where I mean it really becomes very, very difficult. Um, you know, young physicians who have struggled for a long time to to get to where they are and they're just starting out in their professions and they hold, you know, they're so glad to be there. And now they're in this really dangerous territory where they know if they act according to their consciences or their best um, medical um, knowledge, they'd be fired for it uh, or at least potentially fired for it or, or like you even have their medical licenses pulled. What 
can be your message to them? Well, one good thing that's happening, there are physicians out there now who are starting uh, new medical groups that'll be more integrative medicine. And um, so, and it will be fee for surface, but there's those groups I think are gonna blossom pretty soon. Um, and also, I guess I wanted to say to the people who are still really, it was great sorrow. Just before my interview today, I just got a letter from Ottawa Public Health. I'm still on their newsletters, um, pushing the boosters for 12 to 15 or 17 year olds. And it's just such a huge sorrow. And so all these people, I, I just say with sorrow that I hope and I pray that soon the truth will, uh, that you'll know the truth and you'll no longer be complicit. Because right now, if you're pushing these vaccines, you're just totally complicit with the injuries and uh, deaths of so many people. It's just not going to go well. <laughs> and so finally, I know, uh, Dr. Connor, you're, you're a woman of faith. And um, what's been your sort of solace and what keeps you going uh, in the midst of this fight where, you know, you've worked so long in this profession and uh, I've really, in a way, given your life to it. And yet you're being um, castigated and even thrown out, canceled by the, the very college that you've served for so many years. So for me, it's always the um, divine mercy prayer, Jesus, I trust in you. So I just have to keep repeating that. Um, uh, I, I, know, I know I'm on the side of truth. And uh, that's all I can say, really. I, I just totally trust. Amen to that. Dr. O'Connor, thank you so much for fighting because in fighting for, you know, the truth here and uh, against the the powers that be at the College of Physicians and Surgeons, you really are fighting for all of us. God bless okay. you. Thank you very much. And God bless all of you. Remember to go and donate to Dr. O'Connor's Life Funder at lifefunder.com. And thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. We have been warning everyone who would listen and attempting to build up alternative platforms to continue to reach you. We have established ourselves on all sorts of platforms I'm going to explain in a minute, but the most important thing to do is come direct to lifesitenews.com because there we will always be. But we've also established ourselves on platforms like Parler and MeWe and our videos can be found on Rumble as well. We would love to see each of you on those platforms too, as they are not censoring or suppressing the truth that we are sharing every single day. More than these alternative social media platforms, we highly encourage you to subscribe to our email newsletter. We have really built up a large list of loyal readers on our email marketing platform, and we have prepared several backup plans for, well, I want to say if, but it's really when, we are removed from our current platform as well. Additionally, I really encourage you, as I said before, to make it a regular habit to go directly to lifesitenews.com. Make it your homepage. While all of these different platforms are an excellent way to curate your news, going directly to our website means that you will never encounter any censorship or sudden loss of LifeSite News reporting. Here's the thing. We will never stop sharing the truth. We founded this organization with the mission to be the life, family, and culture source for men and women who seek to know the truth. We have established a track record of honest reports, 
and this will never stop, even with censorship happening around the globe. Again, I'm encouraging you to join us on Parler, MeWe, Rumble, and on our email list. You can find all the direct links in the description of this video. May God bless you and keep you, and we are so thankful that you've chosen to follow and support LifeSite News. I'm John Henry Weston, co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News.